0: It's a special kind of love and you're the only
1: Welcome into to dot the most accurate podcast. My name is Anthony Stoltzer, joined as always by John Paulson. John, how are we doing today?
2: Not bad. How are you doing, Anthony?
1: Good, doing very well. Looking ready for, looking forward to NFL Week Eleven. Tell us about the music. We'll dive into the pod.
2: Yes, uh, this is a, <laughs> this is quite the song uh, by Tesla. It's called uh, "What You Give." It's the number ten track off of their nineteen ninety one album, "Psychotic Supper." Which another just nonsensical uh, album name, but I just want one thing I want to point out about this song is that it is seven minutes and fifteen seconds long. So whenever I'm out with my buddy Dan having a drink at the bar or whatever, and there's a jukebox, I always put it on because it's such a good bang for your buck song, and it's one of these songs that comes on and people are like, "What's this? What's this song?" Da 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 da. By the end of it, they're banging their heads along with us. So. headbanging i should say uh so great great uh jukebox song if you ever have a chance to play it
1: all right nice accuracy update john finished 11th out of 135 rankers in fantasy pros expert accuracy study he's up to number six year to date and is the only ranker with top 25 accuracy in the four positions that fantasy pros tracks for the study they being quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end john congrats my man
2: thank you uh still got what six weeks to go so let's uh Let's get started. There
1: you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, if you use the code TMAP at four for four, you will get twenty five percent off any rest of season subscription. Currently, a classic sub, classic sub is priced at fourteen dollars. A pro subscription is twenty nine dollars, and a rest of season DFS subscription is seventy four dollars. And you'll get twenty five percent off prices with the code TMAP. So if you're going to sign up and you also want to throw John a little credit, click on the link in his Twitter bio at 444 four underscore John. Or you can just type in the link bit.ly backslash, and this last part is all caps, T-M-A-P, and then John's name, J-O-H-N, bit.ly backslash T-M-A-P-J-O-H-N, all caps on the end there, sign up and he'll get a little kickback. Today we're going to discuss the latest news and injuries, recap the Brown Steelers Thursday night game, and then we'll discuss a few of John's sneaky starts for week 11. But first, word from our sponsor. Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site, brings the heat again with a $500,000 guarantee rake-free contest. It's the Hooter main event, the largest and only rake-free contest of its kind that you're going to find for week 11. And remember... Only on Fantasy Draft are 100% of entry fees paid to contest winners. Sign up at fantasydraft.com with promo code 444 and you'll get a free seven day trial membership. All right, we'll start off with Joe Jacoby Brissett. He didn't play last week as Brian Hoyer did not play well, lost to the Dolphins. Brissett was officially named the starter, though, for week 11 against the Jaguars. Do you like him in that matchup against Jacksonville? And then tell us a little bit about Indianapolis's skill position players.
2: Well, he's a decent streaming start. I worry about the knee, and you know, part of his appeal as a fantasy asset is his ability to run a little bit. You know, 20, 18, 20 yards rushing per game, maybe a touchdown in the running game. And with the with the knee injury, I worry that he's not going to take off and run as much as he normally would. Um, and the matchup is is I would describe it as sort of middling uh the jaguars are 14th or 15th just adjusted fancy points allowed to quarterbacks um they held um sean watson to 201 yards and two touchdowns uh that game i believe was in london 19.7 fancy points sam darnold uh 218 and two with uh, three interceptions and then andy dalton 276 yards a touchdown and three interceptions he ended up with 18.3 fancy points i think he had a rushing touchdown that game so um Last, those are the last three games quarterbacks against the Jaguars so they're not bad um, it's not you know this is one of those weeks where there aren't a lot of uh, I would say great options at streaming we were our FFPC team we were debating uh, Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold versus Nick Foles we actually tried to pick up Foles and Darnold but were shut out because those are the two guys, the best options on the waiver wire. We ended up having to play make Baker Mayfield. And then as soon as we, I knew we had to play Baker Mayfield, I suddenly had a feeling he was going to have three touchdowns. <laughs> I, I, have, I have the chat to prove it, but I wasn't serious. I didn't think he was going to uh, end up running for a touchdown and throwing for two. So he ended up having a great game. Um, and just one of those weeks where just not a great, a lot of great streaming options. I think Bursette is is up there. I think he's. I put him ahead of Foles. Uh, at 17 amongst quarterbacks so i think he's a decent option this
1: week let's talk about defonce freeman he's officially out how trustworthy is brian hill this week against the carolina panthers defense
2: yeah typically when this happens uh you know the the starters out uh you don't have a whole lot of knowledge about some of these back you know these backups uh you know ito smith was the the primary backup for the falcons for most of the year um he's out now for the year on IR. And so Brian Hill was the main guy, basically, once Freeman went out. He, Freeman played 38% of the snaps last week. He had 10 carries and three catches before uh, missing the rest of the game. And Hill ended up with 21 touches, uh, 20 carries, 61 yards, so not great efficiency there, but had a, a reception touchdown. One catch uh, for 10 yards and a touchdown ended up with 14.1 fantasy points. Uh Ken John Barner is there as well. I um, have to see who's third on the depth chart there. Sometimes that third guy who's on the practice squad can come in and, and siphon some carries off the main guy. Cause it's just basically somebody they're stashing. Uh, and Barner is typically active because he's good on special teams. So uh, interesting to see how they split this up, but I, I like Hill. I think certainly in cash games uh, in DFS, he's kind of a must play like a free square this week. Uh, the, the Panthers are 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Um, there is some risk with him, just that they may not give him a full workload. But they w- were not afraid to give him 20 carries last week. So, you know, maybe as a Falcons fan, you could speak to to Hill. You have probably seen a little bit more of him than I have.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. I actually like, and this is this is going to sound like a hot take, but I I've come to this conclusion after watching Brian Hill not only last last week, but also in preseason, and then he filled in. And outplayed Tevin Coleman a couple of times last year, including in this same matchup with Carolina. They rushed for over 100 100 yards. But here's here's the hot take. I actually think Brian Hill right now is a more more effective running back than Devontae Freeman. And maybe it's just because Freeman uh, has been banged up. And as a Falcon fan, you're kind of frustrated with his his um, you know inability to stay healthy. But Brian Hill. Not a dynamic back, but somebody that that seemingly gets the job done in both the running game and the passing game. I I like him as an option. Like I said before, Carolina. He faced him last year, rushed for 115 yards in a win for the Falcons. So I really like Brian Hill this weekend. I thought I thought the key that you mentioned there was DFS. If, you, if he's he's very cheap on DFS uh, this year this this week.
2: Yeah, I think he's a fine uh, redraft start as well. I mean, I have him at 13 half PPR um i you know i wonder how many catches he'll have he didn't he hasn't really had a lot of receptions in his nfl career i'm looking at his college stats now and he had 349 carries for 1860 yards and 22 touchdowns rushing for wyoming and then he had eight catches as, <laughs> as a junior um so not he had much. 20 as a, he had 20 as a sophomore um so it just hasn't shown a lot in the passing game um so far, but they're gonna, you know, he's gonna have to do something in that regard uh, for the Falcons because they do use their uh, running backs in the passing game. So,
1: speaking of running backs, Matt Breida looking iffy slash doubtful for the game against the Cardinals. What about Raheem Mossert this week?
2: Yeah, I added him to my uh, Sneaky Starts article uh, along with Jeff Wilson, um, but Mostert is the Mossert is the um, primary back of those two I think he'll end up being the number two guy behind uh, Tevin Coleman Uh, when uh, Coleman was out week two and week three uh, Mostert had 28 touches with including three catches for 230 yards and a touchdown that was over two games so really really effective in that span Uh, Wilson was the third back and he ended up with four rushing touchdowns he only had 52 yards total so he's more of a touchdown or bust type usually when Wilson is active he's the Um, Goal line back. However, those four touchdowns came when Coleman was out. So sometimes they use Coleman around the goal line as well. So I think this is a little bit of a bump for Coleman with Breda out and then um, um, Mostert gets, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's like a low end RB two uh, this week against the Cardinals.
1: Jordan Howard, Eagles running back, is dealing with a shoulder injury. Hasn't been cleared yet for contact, according to Eagles beat writer Zach Berman. Darren Sproles out for the year already with the quad injury. Eagles Eagles just signed Jay Ajayi. What do you think about Jay Ajayi in that mix with uh, Miles Sanders as the Eagles prepare for the Patriots?
2: I don't know. I mean, it's Friday, and uh, they're playing on Sunday, right? So, so um, RB1? I... <laughs> I <laughs> I mean, he's been in the system before. He knows the offense. Uh, does he come in and get 15 touches? No. I think you'll probably see uh, Miles Sanders, you know, get most of Howard's carries, I would think, um, unless he's completely ineffective. And then they might uh, start shuffling stuff over to – shuffling touches over to Boston Scott or, or to Ajayi. Um one thing I would just note on this is that the matchup looks very bad against the the Patriots. I mean they've they've obviously had a great run defensively up until um, they faced the the Ravens. Uh, their fourth in just a fantasy points allowed to running backs, but if you just look at what they've done the last couple of weeks, it's it's been a little bit ugly uh, against the uh, against the running game I mean their, their running game has sprung a, a couple of leaks. Um, they gave up 142 yards on 22 combined carries along with a touchdown to Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. Uh, Nick Chubb had 20 carries for 131 yards on the Patriots. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the receiving issues there for um, the Eagles. I I think they'd be smart to try to drain the clock, shorten the game, and and really run the ball down New England's throat, even though I'm generally pro-pass. This is a situation where, Their primary weakness is uh, against the run, so uh, I think the Eagles, given their their issues in the passing game, would be smart to uh, to take advantage of it. And I think Sanders could end up with a big day, even if he doesn't run the ball really, really well or get you know a ton of yards in the uh, in the running game. He's also a good pass catcher, and with Darren Sproles out, you know he'll continue to do that. Do that.
1: Bears running back David Montgomery lightly rolled his ankle on Wednesday, missed practice on Thursday. Any concerns about the Sunday night matchup with the Rams?
2: It's not like he came back today uh, and was limited. I think he'll – you know, he's probably going to end up playing. I'm guessing that uh, Thursday's missed practice was more precautionary, allow him to heal up a little bit. Um, so we'll see. I, I think, you know, listed as questionable. Um, and then the game is uh, going to be late, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Sunday, Sunday night game. so. Hopefully we have more clarity uh, whether or not he's expected to play. Um, and if he sits, I think Cordell Patterson, I mean, he's not being, Cordell Patterson's not being mentioned a lot as an option. You know, Tre Cohen is not going to take 15 to 20 carries. Um, you know, they they don't have uh, Mike Davis anymore. Um, so they're just kind of down to, I think there's an, Ryan Nall, uh, undrafted free agent, Ryan Nall. So I think you end up with Cordell Patterson maybe seeing, uh, 10 carries. Maybe Tariq Cohen sees 8-10 to 10 and they start to do a little bit of a committee and maybe attack um, through the air a little bit more um, with these running backs as well because they're both a good pass catchers. So, um, Montgomery owners should definitely pay attention and see where, where he's at. It's a, it's a decent matchup if he's able to play, but you know it doesn't look great. I would say it's probably 50-50 right now.
1: Redskins running back Darius Geis is back, and coach Bill Callahan said that we've got a pretty good rotation system right now with Geis and Adrian Peterson. The problem is that Washington's offense, John, is absolutely dreadful. So, do you see any fantasy value in Washington's backfield?
2: No, not with this split that they're going to, you know, maybe you could argue this week that if Peterson were the lead back and he was going to see 18 carries, that you could start him um, with, you know, comfortably. But with Geis back, you just don't know what the splits going to be. It does sound like they're going to rotate and Peterson's not going to just take a back seat apparently. Um so I don't really have faith in either one of these guys. They're more desperation flexes at this point even in a pretty good matchup against. Well, the Jets actually their rush defense is really good. So, you know, the rush touchdowns are available, but you know, they've been pretty good against the run. So, this is just not pretty all around and you're looking at the passing game. Um Terry McLaurin I think looks pretty good because uh you know, Haskins finally had a week of actual practice as the starter so hopefully he can get on track but they're they're going to be without Paul Richardson and Vernon Davis again so um this is pretty ugly at this point with Washington.
1: Will Fuller got in another limited practice yesterday which which was Thursday doesn't we don't know yet on if he practiced today which is Friday it'd be nice to see if if he does and if he does suit up against Baltimore what do you think wide receiver three?
2: Yeah this is uh you know Fuller being back is is, is going to knock Hopkins back a little bit in terms of his target share. I mean once once Fuller went out, Hopkins' target share really rose. Um, obviously, Kenny Stills, you know, filled that role. He didn't do what I thought he was going to do as the number two receiver there. He didn't play poorly. He just didn't see a ton of targets. Um, if if Fuller comes back, I think he end up with Stills in the slot because they just haven't been happy with their slot play uh, between uh, Kiki Kuti and uh, DeAndre Carter. Um, So I think you end up with those three, Stills, Fuller, and and Hopkins out. And the the issue, uh, Hopkins out there, but the issue I think is that the the Ravens secondary is now at full strength and they're they're going to continue to creep up the uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receiver rankings because they're... um, fully healthy and are going to be tough to throw on. So I, I think it's a little bit of a downgrade for the other receivers if Fuller is
1: back. Alshon Jeffrey remained sidelined at practice on Friday, not looking good for the matchup with the Patriots. If he does not play, who benefits with Alshon Jeffrey being out?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't trust uh, Nelson Aguilar, really. Uh, Matt Collins, J.J. Uh, Orsega uh, Whiteside, uh, and uh, Jordan Matthews, they re-signed him uh, in Philly there. So I believe it's those four. That are healthy. Um, I would instead look at the the tight ends, uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And Goddard especially won't have the focus of the the defense, and they might put a cornerback on uh, on Ertz. Um, But I would expect Goddard. uh, He's been he's been really good last few weeks, and uh, I think he's a tight end one streamer, uh, especially if Jeffrey's out. uh, Jeffrey typically is a high high target guy in the red zone so i think some of those targets will go to the tight ends
1: emmanuel sanders remained sidelined on thursday doesn't look like he's going to be ready to go for arizona of course he left the game early against seattle on monday night debo samuel the rookie a lot of action on monday night you like debo sam samuel this weekend
2: yeah, if especially if uh, Sanders can't play, I mean, he he was in there, and uh, you just saw him leave the game and basically pointing at his ribs. Uh, so it's a pain tolerance issue. It could be a situation where he gets tackled hard one time or he takes a hit on that on those ribs and can't go. So Samuel has upside, even if uh, even if Sanders plays. Um, he had eight for he caught eight of eleven targets for 112 yards against uh, Seattle, um, and he's been the, the other guy that's consistently been seeing a lot of snaps I think Kendrick Bourne is probably the the third receiver there uh, he has been you know running the most snaps outside of these two guys Samuel and Sanders uh, and then if if Kittle with Kittle out you're looking at you know <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is shorthanded in terms of his uh, pass catchers there so if Sanders and Kittle are out it's you know Samuel might see another 11 12 uh, targets in this game.
1: Kendrick Bourne did have a touchdown on Monday, but otherwise had a pretty rough night. I think he got a two-point conversion, but the one one of the Jimmy Garoppolo's interceptions went off Kendrick Bourne's hands, and he, he was called for holding at one point. Not a great night for him on Monday. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit. Two, two tight ends. Chris Herndon was placed on IR earlier in the week. That ends a, a, a pretty rough 2018, 2019 season for Herndon. He was suspended the first four games. Talk to us about Ryan Griffin.
2: Yeah, this all came from like this Herndon situation. Everybody, and I i was one of them. I mean, I drafted him in a couple leagues. I thought we were getting a nice discount on him based on where we would have drafted him if he had been healthy. And then uh, the week that he gets um, reinstated, uh, I think the Friday before that, he was running routes on his own, and he uh, pulled his hamstring. And then that missed he missed a couple weeks, and he kind of tried to come back, and it just never... Uh, never happened for him so he's out now for the year and everybody's left wondering what happened Um, so not great uh, ryan griff ryan griffin um has had uh he had two touchdown game uh, a couple weeks ago he's been you know playing most of the the snaps at tight end uh i think he's a decent um option if I mean, with, with Herndon out, um, this is a pretty good matchup against uh, Washington. They're 16th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Uh, next week, he has the, the Raiders, their 30th in adjusted fantasy points to the tight ends. I mean, he had, it, within, since week six, three for 28 and a touchdown. Then he had a one-catch, one-yard game against New England. Then four for 66 and two against Jacksonville. Then six for 50 against Miami, you know, eight targets. And then he only had uh, one catch for negative two yards against the Giants, but uh, his snaps took a hit there because they, they tried to get Herndon involved as well. So he's going to be back up to playing 84% or more of the targets and, or of the snaps, and I think that's going to lead to, to more production for him.
1: George Kittle's already been ruled out for that game against Arizona. Ross DiWelli, seven targets last week. Nice option again this this Sunday. You, ju- you just mentioned about Jimmy Garoppolo not having a lot of weapons.
2: Right, and uh, you look at what Dwelly did last week. It wasn't really much. It was three catches for 24 yards, but he had seven targets. He played 91% of the snaps. You go back to week nine against Arizona, the same Arizona team that is 32nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Uh, he had four catches for 29 yards on four targets in that game, playing 70% of the target. So his snaps have really spiked with, with Kittle out, and you know you're looking at another – Six to eight targets, maybe for him if if things break his way. If Sanders is out, Kittle's Kittle's already been ruled out, and Sanders is also out. You could you could definitely argue for streamer uh, that that Dwelly is streamer worthy against uh, the thirty second ranked uh, Cardinals.
1: We're gonna talk about the Thursday night football game along with John's sneaky starts for Week Eleven. But first, a word from our sponsor. Fantasy Drafts, the only rake free daily fantasy site in the business, brings the Heat once again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake free contest. It's called the Hooter Main Event with its $70,000 first place payout. This is the largest and only rake free contest running anywhere for NFL week number 11. That's right. Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees, taking out of the prize pools 100% of the time, not just for a limited time for promotional contests. Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like yourself to win. Whether you call it rake or commission or management fee, the days of paying 10, 12, or even 16% Of your entry fees to the fantasy companies are now over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at fantasydraft.com today with promo code 444, and you'll get a free seven day trial on your first $1,000 of rake free entry fees. That's right, it's called fantasydraft.com, promo code 444. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake free contests this season. Start playing a Fantasy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. Thursday Night Football got ugly at the end there, John. We'll kind of stick with the fantasy implications here, though. Uh, The Browns offense, Baker Mayfield looked sharp. You noted earlier in the podcast you had to roll the dice on Baker. It worked out. Kareem Hunt continues to add another dimension to that offense. Odell Beckham Jr. with the touchdown. Browns offense looked uh, about as good as it's looked in about, I don't know, a month and a half.
2: Well, they're they're playing uh, Hunt and Chubb together. And a lot of teams and offenses don't do this, where they have two really good running backs. They don't get them on the field together, uh, especially when there's some deficiencies in, in the receiving game. Uh, they don't have a, you know, Njoku's out, so they really don't have an impact tight end. Um, Higgins is their number three receiver now. He's not bad, but he didn't catch a pass last night. They got Kaderil Hodge going in uh, there but it's good to see Freddie kitchens use hunt uh now that he's active and ready to you know able to play off his suspension i mean he's got catching a ton of passes and he's always been a good good pass catcher so why not use him in the slot and that's what they're doing and the the fears about chubb and his workload being diminished really haven't come to fruition at least through the first two weeks Uh, chubb had 27 carries 92 yards you know he's he's was not involved in the passing game last night. He had one target and didn't catch the ball. But in the pre you know previous game he was still involved in the passing game. So uh, I think Chubb owners can breathe a little bit easier that maybe Hunt is just maybe taking over that slot role or receiving role and is just going to get a handful of carries while while Chubb carries the load. Um, Jarvis Landry four for forty three and a touchdown. He is continues to uh, play better than I thought he would preseason, and that was mainly because I thought Beckham was going to be a lot more productive than. He has been, and he caught the big bomb uh, early in the game and then uh, didn't do a whole lot uh, after that. So uh, it just seems like he
1: and um, Baker Mayfield are not always on the same page. All right, for the Steelers, I'll I'll just kind of offer my two cents here. I I was a little surprised that that was the game that um, the Steelers decided to take the training wheels off of Mason Rudolph. They didn't stick with the run. They decided to go with an aerial attack. Obviously, they liked something or saw something in the matchup with Cleveland that they felt as though that they, they could expose through the air. Mason Rudolph was really a game manager leading into that game. I thought they would go with the same approach. That had worked. They played good defense. They ran the ball, and they, they were winning games. Well, Mason Rudolph clearly wasn't ready for the situation. You know, they had him trying to read the defense a lot. He got intercepted many times. I just I just thought it was an ugly overall game plan. It was an ugly night for Mason Rudolph. And then on top of it, Juju Smith Schuster suffers the injury. Johnson gets ear hold the one time. That was nasty. What did you think of the Steelers overall last night offensively, John?
2: Well they I think part of the reason that they took the you know, as you said, training wheels off of Mason Rudolph, I think part of it was they felt they fell behind fourteen nothing. And when team when that happens to teams that are trying to run the ball or establish the run or just managing with their you know game manager quarterback, um, they sometimes have to just change their philosophy and they changed it pretty quickly in this. Plus, uh, James Conner uh, was knocked out. With, I mean, that, that whole James Conner situation. If I may vent, uh, apparently <laughs> he said after the game that he was not healthy coming into the game, even though. He was removed from the injury report. Uh, I did think it was odd being, you know, it being the Thursday game, you know, four days ago, he wasn't healthy enough to play, but this Thursday he's able to play. Right. Um, But, you know, the the whole injury report there is to give you a gauge as to how healthy the player was. And they, they took him off the injury report. He didn't even have a questionable designation. So, you know, in in my FFPC league um, we had both Connor and Samuels and we were, Toying, it's a rough week in terms of our buys, and we were lose we lost to uh, Russell Wilson and Chris Carson and Devontae Adams. So, we were really trying to grasp at straws, and we were thinking about starting both Connor and Samuels, but we needed a decent score here to stay in first place. And so, we decided to go with a couple other options uh, and try to maximize the ceiling a little bit because we felt like Connor was healthy enough to play. In retrospect, Samuels ends up with 15 points, Connor ends up with two, and now we're, you know, in a hole hoping that something. <laughs> Uh, breaks our way on Sunday with the other the other team's roster or something like that so um, typically with these Thursday games if somebody is iffy or questionable they hold them out and that gives them the extra you know 10 9-10 days to heal Uh, and so now Connor is out Uh, we don't know if he'll be back in a week Um, Samuels isn't bad he's not he's just not a traditional running back so I think they. They lost Connor, and they were like, "Okay, we can't really run the ball like we'd like to, so we got to throw it 44 times, and it didn't work out well." Uh, the pressure on on Rudolph was pretty immense, and um, he was not uh, throwing darts, as you would as you would say. So uh, they're in a tough tough way right now with Smith, Schuster, Johnson, and Connor all all injured. Um, it's it's pretty rough now in Pittsburgh.
1: All right, let's take a look at some sneaky starts for Week 11 quarterback sam Darnold looked pretty good last week against the giants he gets a matchup uh, interesting matchup with washington what do you think about him for this week
2: yeah i was considering him uh for ffpc um i think he's really dicey because he's you know he had that horrible horrible game against the patriots um but you know looking at what he's done around that uh it hasn't been that bad uh you know, he had 338 yards and two touchdowns against the Cowboys in week six, 218 yards, two touchdowns uh, and three interceptions uh, against the Jaguars in week eight, 261 uh, yards and a touchdown against the Dolphins in week nine, and then he had 230 yards and a touchdown and, and a rush t- TD uh, last week against the Giants. So I think uh, even though this is sort of going to be a slow paced game, I think he should be able to produce and get you 15 to 18 fantasy points against the Redskins. They're just not uh, that good defensively the 19th and just a fancy points allowed to quarterbacks
1: which uh, what is a couple of running backs that you like
2: well if you're keeping an eye on what's going on in Arizona that if you want to read the tea leaves there based on what happened last week plus you know how cliff Kingsbury is talking about uh, his backfield um, you know Johnson David Johnson's first game back Drake uh, Kenyon Drake led the backfield in snaps 64% to 43% carries 10 to 5 and targets seven to one. And Johnson just looked slow and indecisive. I guess he's looked better in practice this week. So uh, we will see. Uh, again, this is a, an offense that puts both running backs on the field at the same time. Um, so that's smart with, when you have two pretty good running backs. And then Drake. So the sneaky start here is Drake. Uh, the, he obviously tore up the same the same 49ers team uh, a couple weeks ago. He had 162 total yards and touchdown. Uh, in his first game uh, with the Cardinals, so I think the, they'll come in with the same game plan. I'm sure the 49ers will adjust. I just don't think the 49ers' offense is going to be as effective, and you know, Jimmy Grapple is going to be as effective without most of his weapons, so um, this might actually be a game that stays competitive uh, for most of the game and, and allows Drake and maybe even Johnson to rack up some catches, but I do, I do really like Drake this week. And then the other... Player who's I think flying under the radar a bit is J.D. McKissick for the Lions. It looks like Ty Johnson uh, has a concussion. He may end up playing, but even if he does, over the last two weeks, McKissick uh, he leads the Lions in backfield. Lions backfield in snaps, fifty-five percent. He has twenty-three touches, one hundred twenty-seven total yards, and he scored a touchdown. Um, The Cowboys have given up an average of thirty-one touches for one hundred fifty-two yards. Uh, and 24.9 PPR fantasy points to opposing backfields this week. And you're just looking at a, a team that's severely shorthanded, uh, and McKissick is getting most of those touches in that backfield.
1: One wide receiver that you like. I'm excited about this one because I actually have him on one of my teams. So which, which wide receiver are you looking at?
2: Well, you're looking at Cole, Cole Beasley against the, the Dolphins. They're 26 adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Uh, Beasley has scored at least nine fantasy points in all but one game this season since the bye in Week Six. He's had uh, three consecutive games with a touchdown, at, and then he fouled that up uh, with four catches for four, seventy-four yards against the Browns last week. And his matchup with uh, Chris Lammons, who plays slot for the Dolphins, is fantastic. So I think this is just an all signs point to you know a nice uh, six for sixty, maybe a touchdown day for for Beasley uh, against the Dolphins. And
1: then finally, which tight end do you like this week?
2: Well, I'm starting him uh, in FFPC in one of the flex spots. It's Nick Boyle. Uh, FFPC is tight end premium, um, so he had one and a half points PPR, so that's one of the reasons we went with him. But he's run, if you look at the fundamentals with Boyle, not only does he have uh, two pretty good games uh, in a row, he had uh, five for 27 and a touchdown on five targets against the, the Patriots. Then he had four for 78 on four targets last week. Um you go and look at the routes run uh, per uh, PFF, uh, he had 30 routes run last two weeks that tied Mark Andrews for the lead on the team. That's more than any of the, any of the receivers have in Baltimore. So where they're running quite a bit of 12 personnel, uh, running the ball a ton and then taking shots down the field with their tight ends and uh, Marquise Brown, basically that's the offense now. Uh, So it's basically, I think Brown, uh, Andrews and Boyle as the three primary pass catchers and, Uh, The Texans have have been tough on tight ends, but I think the focus for them is going to be Mark Andrews since he's coming off two touchdowns last week. So I think Boyle's pretty sneaky this week.
1: John, great stuff as always. You can follow John on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter if you're so inclined. Good luck this weekend to all fantasy football players. DFS, season long, whatever you may be playing, good luck. And we'll see you next week on 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast.